0: Hello and welcome. This episode of Juice Guru Radio is brought to you by Try Best, making healthy living easy.
1: Welcome. Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting,
0: Steve Prusak. Hi, I'm your host, Steve Prusak. Today, we've got Dr. Joel Kahn. He's the author of five books, including the latest, The Plant-Based Solution. He's America's healthy heart doctor, and he's here to show us how we can get healthier. This is really something we all need to tune into. So spread the message. Share this audio on iHeartRadio. We're going to be back right after this with Dr. Joel Kahn.
1: Did you know you can make a great living in the hottest new business trend today? The Juice Guru Certification Program is the world's first online course to give you the knowledge and marketing skills to excel as a juicing coach and start making money in no time. Find out more at juicecoachtraining.com.
0: Juice Hello and welcome back to the show. We've got Dr. Joel Kahn, his new book, The Plant-Based Solution, America's Healthy Heart Doctor's Plan to Power Your Health. He's the founder of the Kahn Center for Cardiac Longevity and owner of Green Space Cafes, Professor of Medicine at Wayne State University School of Medicine. I'm all choked up because my dad had a heart attack last week and I couldn't I couldn't be more amazed by the timing of this interview. Let's welcome to the show right now, Dr. Joel Kahn. All right. <laughs> And also, we're going to have some puppies joining the crew, too. One
1: of the uh, pathways to better heart health is having dogs in your life. That's a scientific and emotional path. So, they apparently found a, a colleague outside to communicate with. So
0: Do, Dr. Khan, thank you so much for being here and for the incredible work you're doing.
1: Well, thank you very much. And I, my heart goes out to you and your father and speedy recovery. But as I said, reverse, not manage heart disease. Uh, I would bark that as loud as my dogs are barking in the background. Ah, it's the FedEx man bringing uh, wheatgrass cubes or something. Um, But, you know, there is so much to talk about, about how, you know, you're the avatar. What can you do for the next 20 years to not uh, reproduce your father's path? And sometimes it's inevitable, but most of the time it's identifiable. And I'm just fired up as I'm in my – 30 plus year of practicing cardiology and we're closer to that goal of truly being able to find people early uh, and prevent this number one killer of men and women or number one maimer or number one disabler and just needs to go away. We need to recognize it for what it is, largely a foodborne illness.
0: Well, the message needs to be heard. So thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for the books you're writing and thank you for helping to get the message out. Um, you. And, and so Talk to us about heart disease. What do we know? Uh, And obviously you're saying it can be prevented. And once we have it, it can also be reversed.
1: Yeah. So there's a whole broad spectrum of heart disease. And certainly some cannot be dealt with, with juice and food, congenital heart disease, babies born with complex situations. um, There are, you know, you can get in a car accident and damage your heart, but we're talking about the single a deterioration that's most common in numbers and, uh, and actually mortality, which is clogging of your arteries, predominantly three little arteries that feed the heart, called heart arteries or coronary arteries, same process affects to the brain and is part of the reason people have strokes, affects legs, part of the reason people lose legs or have impaired quality of life, and it impacts sexual function, kidney function, and we know a lot. We've known a lot for 50, 60, 70 years. Some of it's real simple, I mean, it's the smoking, it's persistent elevated blood pressure, persistent elevated blood sugar, persistent elevated cholesterol, having a mother, father, sister, brother at a young age, but that just raises the question, that's a risk factor but why? What do they have that I maybe inherited in conjunction or maybe we inherited the lifestyle in conjunction? There's a statement, diabetes runs in my family because nobody runs in my family. Kind of a little bit of humor on, you know, his <laughs> own, a genetic connection and it can be a lifestyle inheritance in the sense. And there's so much more now. There's 20 factors at least that I check in every single patient to identify why their arteries are potentially getting clogged uh, and and identify it early. So, yeah. Uh, but it, the bottom line is, it's it's simple. And I'll just we'll get to questions, but. Two large studies in Europe say if everybody just writes this down, memorizes it, and remembers nothing else, 20 years from now, if you want to drop your risk of having a heart attack by 85%, and nothing here is high tech. One, don't smoke. Simple, but it's still powerful with 15% of Americans and about 25% of millennials smoking. Don't smoke. Number two, walk 30 to 40 minutes a day. You want to do more, great. But don't go a day without walking 30 to 40 minutes a day. You can do it 10 Fifteen minutes three times, you can do it all at once uh, and try not to sit all day long in the process. Number three, try and get seven to eight hours sleep a night. That's a new scientific kind of benchmark uh, as opposed to less, less than five hours, a very common kind of situation due to the internet and iPads and international business and Wi-Fi and a bunch of reasons people sleep poorly, coffee late in the day. Uh, Number four is keep your waistline thin. That shows up repeatedly in studies. Thin waistline, lower heart attack risk. 35 inches for a woman or less, 40 inches or less for a man. So these aren't like super twiggy numbers, but there's a whole lot of people that are over those two uh, points and need to lower the risk by getting down. Uh, Next one is the hardest one. Eat more than five servings of fruit and vegetables a day. That shows up consistently. People that don't do that versus people that do that um, and it's only about 1% or 2% of Americans and, and most countries that actually achieve uh, five or more servings of fruit and vegetables a day. And the last one is a fun one if you have no issues, which is enjoying alcoholic beverage now and then during the week. Uh, that shows up as a protective factor. That's six little steps that drop your risk in the next 20 years by 85%. Not expensive. Doesn't require a doctor. That's self-care. Uh, then we can talk about all kinds of high-tech uh, beyond that.
0: So, great suggestions, and you know beginning with what we put in our mouth, what we consume and, and eat um, you know your new book is is the plant based solution, so are you recommending that that people eat primarily plant foods? What is the ideal diet
1: right, and you know i'll I'll join in with colleagues that I, i've been personally a hundred percent plant diet for forty plus years, starting at age eighteen. I'm a big enthusiast. It was not um, a plan to save the world. It was a plan to try and avoid horrible dormitory food in my first day of freshman year, and I just (laughs) stuck with it, true story. But as I developed my medical school career and interest in the environment, interest in animal rights and such, it kind of seemed like the perfect solution to all those interests. But I sit on panels and I greatly respect people with slightly different opinions. So it's 90% plus plants, uh, I belong to a large nutrition group of academic people all over the world that have very disparate beliefs, but we've all agreed with the core, eat mostly plants, locally sourced, close to the ground, meaning not very processed, and drink mostly water. Four little simple nutritional principles. If you are going to eat 100% plants like I've done for 40 years, and in my own case, weight, blood pressure labs, no medication, lots of vitality, energy, and all the rest it's worked out well as it has for my wife. Um, it isn't always that way. I do struggle with people that are trying hard and aren't hitting their goals, but you got to supplement. This is a experiment to eat only plants, it has not been a centuries-old tradition with you know, hundreds of thousands of people. We don't know what's the optimal diet. We know it always includes a boatload of fruits and vegetables. So if you are going to eat only plants, don't be dumb. Don't take a risk. Take B12. Take vitamin D. Take some algae omega-3. Don't eat junk food. Eat whole foods, real foods, and it works out great for almost everybody if you do that. But I don't guilt people if a few times a week they're throwing some, uh, you know, line-caught salmon in there. I feel badly for the salmon and I feel badly for the oceans and. Uh, and all that. But um, I'm not going to guilt you down. That may also be a very, very healthy version of a longevity diet.
0: Wow, that was a lot. Hopefully, everyone's got their pen and pad out. And if not, you'll want to rewind the video and get that down. This is really important information. Um, so what about juicing? And you know, you mentioned wheatgrass before, what's the role in juicing? Is there, is there a role in juicing and in getting our nutritional needs met?
1: Right. So, you know, in a society where we are overfed but undernourished because we're eating foods that are calorie dense but not very nutrition dense with the average number of servings of fruit and vegetables a day in the United States, you know, under two, uh, I'm all for pathways to get more fruits and vegetables in and I'm all for juicing. There actually is a small little disagreement in the ultra-vegan heart disease reversal community that you're better off you know, eating broccoli than juicing broccoli or eating kale than juicing kale. But honestly, I am all for it. And there actually is science, this gets a little heavy, but uh, certain foods, cruciferous vegetables, leafy greens, arugula and such have dietary nitrates that if you chew them and you don't use Listerine and scope, which destroys healthy bacteria in your tongue, if you chew leafy greens, you create a wonderful chemical in the blood called nitric oxide, lowers your blood pressure, keeps your arteries free of plaque, improves sexual responsiveness. That's why athletes are doing beet powder and other such things. Uh, Eating beets is great, juicing beets is great. Um, There is some thought that chewing beets and arugula and kale and spinach is a more effective way to produce this heart friendly, artery friendly response in juicing, but I won't go into it. There's a second pathway where even if you juice nitrate rich. This is not the nitrate of processed red meats like bacon. This is intrinsic dietary nitrates in beets and greens. Uh, even if you juice them, you will, through a miraculous path in your parotid artery, parotid gland, your uh, salivary gland, you will still create lots of nitric oxide. The point is, juice, 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 juice. Um, and I think for a lot of people, I'm inspired always by rich Roll, ultra-athlete, finding ultra- um new book out. He just got named Fittest Human in the World by Men's Health or Fittest Vegan Human in the World, some such thing. But you know, his entree from horrible diet to ultimately this amazing fueled body and plants was a seven to ten day juice immersion, changed his palate, gave him energy, sort of a detox. I'm inspired by Joe Cross, who's I've had the pleasure to meet and lecture with and friendly with and, you know. Different people need different tools and different entrees. I've had a son spend some time getting an educator degree at Hippocrates' health, and you know, every morning, you know, juicing his own wheatgrass and juicing his own green juice, and it's clearly uh, a great, great practice in a world full of donuts and frappuccinos and uh, you know, uh, and processed food out of a window in a yellow bag. So yes, I'm pro juice.
0: <laughs> yeah, you never know, right? Because there is the controversy, which always surprises me, because there are studies to back-juicing, too, and right. you hear certain doctors speaking out against it as the greatest travesty to humanity, then I wonder, why is that when it's used in you know in Europe and some of the cancer clinics and things like that?
1: Right. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, it can serve a therapeutic role, it can serve a nutritional role, um, and, you know, one of the language of nutrition science nowadays is instead of what? So, I mean, Coca-Cola versus a green juice, um, Frappuccino versus a green juice, uh, a a BPA line can versus a green juice, um, a carrot juice. I mean, it doesn't always have to be green. You know, nobody's a big fan of minute main orange juice that's been sitting in vats for a couple of years and is basically, you know, devitalized, but we're talking, you know, potentially some of the most vital, if you can find fresh, cold, you know, pressed juice uh, or HPP juice, you know, some of those vital and living of all, uh, you know, nutrition sources. So I'm all for it.
0: So this is the part I'm hoping my dad turns up. So once, and my dad is someone who had a hundred percent clogged artery, double stint, um, you know, they've got him on the blood thinners and the medications and he's, Someone who's historically didn't eat vegetables. I've been eating only vegetables for 26 years, but he won't eat them. Now he's starting to, he's starting to juice. What are some of the things I could tell him um, in reversing it? What are some of the more aggressive things he can start doing to really, and is it possible to reverse it? I'd like to communicate that to him.
1: Yeah, so there's data back from 40s, 50s, physicians that have been forgotten but published data about the tremendous impact of adding plants and removing animals and animal fats on outcome. Then we get to Nathan Pritikin, this innovative and kind of crazy engineer who proved scientifically you can lose weight, lower your cholesterol blood pressure, reverse type 2 diabetes and heart disease to the point now it's a Medicare-approved program called the Pritikin intensive cardiac rehab program for heart disease reversal. And then we get to 1990 and Dr. Dean Ornish, still an active researcher, still a young man, but in 1990 showed definitively, you can actually, you can tell your dad, dad, if you read Dr. Ornish's book on reversing heart disease, you will see a program that's scientifically proven to actually clean out your arteries by changing your diet to a plant diet without added oils, emphasizing walking, no smoking, social support, a little bit of stress management with breathing and yoga. To the point from nineteen ninety to now, it's also another Medicare approved, Medicare reimbursable. Only two programs that Medicare has looked at and said we will pay for heart disease reversal because there's so much definitive data and large data over the years. That's the Pritikin Plant program and the Ornish Plant program. They work. Um, in my own practice in Detroit a Advanced Preventive Center. Um, today, I showed two people their arteries dramatically younger than they were six to 12 months ago. It's real, it happens, it's objective. These are based on imaging tests that I don't read. They're read by university and we celebrate. So part of it is, Dad, you got you to find the science. Go watch Forks Over Knives. Go watch What the Health. Read Dr. Esselstyn from the Cleveland Clinic, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. Maybe read Dr. Joel Furman, The End of Heart Disease, a book that's about two years old. wonderful books, Dr. Ornish.
0: That's the one I'm I He I, I already has that. He's yeah, reading that right I
1: now. Know, I kind of go, I'm certified in integrative cardiology, so I got plants and pills. And there are data points that there are supplements that independently, even on a bad diet, reverse atherosclerosis. So I often bring them in, and sometimes I'm criticized, why not just sprouts? Well. I love sprouts and I love greens and I love exercise and I love sleep and I love lifestyle. But you're telling me here's a study in 400 people over four years that plaque is going away with certain antioxidants, the real plants, but they're in a tablet form that aren't just, you're not going to eat the bark of a French maritime pine tree and get pycnogel. Well, you might want to take pycnogel because in large Italian studies, it reverses plaque. So there are other treatments and I think, you know, it's nothing wrong it's kind of like a cancer approach multi modality uh, nutrition is the core but anyways yes your dad can reverse his plaque and dramatically decrease the risk of the third step the fourth step but if he's in the traditional model that doesn't happen with just prescription drugs alone
0: thank you for that and you know one thing we keep hearing about with a lot of health coaches are now teaching this these popular trends like paleo and ketogenic and they're actually um, integrative nutrition schools te- the school is teaching the health coaches to teach about these trends what do you think about these uh, diets
1: yeah they're very trendy they're flash in the pan and they're scientifically fraudulent at the present time Paleo's fading paleo had its moment in the crossfit gym i think crossfit gym life is still strong but The idea, you know, that we want to eat like a caveman that lived to age 30 or 35 with all kinds of illnesses never sounded like a real good goal, but it was something attractive and romantic. And to be honest, if you read the book that sort of set the movement off by Dr. Lauren Cordain in Colorado, it's a very reasonable book to read, although none of them actually follow to the T what he talked about in that first edition about you know, saturated fat in animal foods is bad for you. You want to be eating largely fruits, vegetables, you know, um, legumes. Don't, he wasn't into grains. You, know, you want to keep your meats very rare, very infrequent. and uh, you want to totally away from dairy and eggs aren't paleo. I mean the book was fairly reasonable and much cleaner than the standard American diet, so I would not contest anybody. Uh, that transition from eating garbagey food to that kind of approach. Find your venison, find your bison, find your wild salmon. Uh, Don't eat it too much, but I wouldn't contest that. It's still not maybe environmentally or from a kindness standpoint, the highest level of evolution, but nonetheless, it's better. It's been changed where people are putting butter in their coffee and uh, somehow goat milk's back in and goat cheese is back in and feta's back in. um, I, I don't... Think there's much data about uh, cavemen eating feta cheese. I think it's pretty unlikely. And then you know the ketogenic diet is the hot one now. It, it always works uh, for a lot of people for short-term weight loss. Dr. Atkins, the Sugar Buster Diet, the uh, Zone Diet, the South Beach Diet. Question is, is it the optimal diet? if you're wanting to be alive, healthy, and free of chronic disease when you're 70, 80, 90. And, you know, you like a lot of things, you go to the scientific data, you go to the National Library of Medicine, and almost all publications on the issue of a low-carb diet that induces ketone bodies a ketogenic diet, it's for epilepsy, it's for seizure, it's for refractory seizure. And that's not what people are adopting it for. They're adopting based on height, based on romance, based on six-pack abs, based on weight control, which is certainly a laudable goal. There's lots of ways to lose weight, like plant-based diets, ketogenic diets, chemotherapy, HIV, and Zika. You can lose weight on all those, but you don't necessarily want to adopt them. The most concerning aspect of ketogenic diets using animal foods is there's about seven studies suggesting that mortality goes up. So you get a great six-pack, but it's six feet under. That's not really a good goal. That's not made up. These are large database studies. They're not perfect. We're never going to have a large randomized study. You 100,000 people eat plant-strong diets. You 100,000 people eat low-carb, high-fat, animal-based diets. It's not going to happen. But when you look at databases of people that describe their diet and they're assigned, that is a diet that would be called the low-carb, high-fat keto diet. Mortality goes up, whether you're a heart patient. So your father would want to read the, school, the study from the Harvard School of Public Health. If you've had a heart attack and you follow a low-carb, high-fat diet, your risk of dying and follow-up is greater than those that don't follow that program and eat whole food, higher-carb fruits, vegetables, legumes, and a whole-grain, strong diet. So that's scary, and uh, anybody that advises a... An animal keto diet to a heart patient is flying in the face of medical science. Now, there's a growing movement, just to shut the topic down, of plant-based ketogenic diets and whole food plant-based ketogenic diets. And There are some type 1 diabetics doing this without animal products and achieving very good biomarkers. There's a program out of University of Southern California called uh, Prolon, that's a plant-based um, Ketogenic diet, but it's only five days a month. Uh, The founder, who's been a Nobel Prize nominated scientist, Dr. Longo, does not believe chronic keto state is one you want to be in. It doesn't mimic any natural state we've ever been in. There were days we were hungry and days we were fed. Why would you want to have ketone bodies 30 days a month? Uh, Feels that it's a very unhealthy way. So there is plant based ketogenic diets. There's a Facebook user page about plant-based ketogenic diets. It's very interesting and very popular. So we still got lots to learn, but plants almost always will put you in a better place.
0: Well, it's interesting how marketing really takes a hold of everything. You walk into a Whole Foods now and you see this buttered coffee everywhere and people are confused. They call it game changers. They're under the conditioning of marketing.
1: Yeah, I agree. Marketing at Whole Foods, hospital cafeterias, um, it's disturbing and uh, it's wrong and it's hard for the public to parse out where to get credible data. There is an organization called True Health Initiative. It's this large organization that had these four dietary principles as one place to get credible information. Uh, besides my book, The Plant-Based Solution, a book came out a day after by Dr. Longo at the University of Southern California called The Longevity Diet. I encourage anybody to read that book. just came out on Audible if you want to listen to the book. It's the best science of biochemistry and studies and centenarian studies and um, randomized studies. And uh, He doesn't conclude. In fact, it's one paragraph. The Keto Diet is out of his book for Total lack of scientific credibility is pretty interesting stuff. Although he's the founder of this modern plant-based ketogenic movement. He just wipes away his animal and uh, coconut oil, strong approach to ketosis.
0: You're listening to Dr. Joel Kahn. Uh, his website is com. We'll have links to that under the show notes so you can find it there too. Uh, check out his books. Like I said, he's got five books. The latest is The Plant-Based Solution. So check out the incredible work he's doing. Uh, Dr. Khan, thank you so much for being here. And uh, before we wrap it up here, I mean, there's so many directions we can go. But what are the what is the final message? What are the words that, you know, we didn't touch on? Or what? what how can we motivate more people to wake up? Because I was going to ask, from a medical practitioner's point of view, are you seeing the medical community waking up more to the ideas that are obviously – you know, contrary to popular belief, we should say.
1: Yeah, I'm encouraged by the young, the medical students and the residents. I own two restaurants in Detroit that are plant-based. We get a lot of young people. They're very open-minded. They want to know what Beyonce's doing and Venus Williams is doing and why is Kyrie Irving slam dunking on plants. And they're open to the idea that life doesn't have to revolve around a ribeye and a burger. Um, uh, just, the older medical personnel are moving very slowly hospital administrators are moving very slowly and uh, they need to be uh, bitch slapped, sorry to use that term because <laughs> a horrible example Is
0: that, is I, that a medical term or
1: I belong, I'm a staff member of Harper University Hospital University, largest medical school in America, walk in, there's a Wendy's, there's a Chick-fil-A in the lobby to welcome you oh my god, I pulled my hair out, I've been fighting that nonstop, but uh, it gets worse, it doesn't get better, because the economics of hospital administration, that's a moneymaker, even if it's absolutely a blight on every possible approach. So the last message to answer your question is, um, going back to your father, uh, when President uh, Dwight David Eisenhower had a heart attack in 1955, and let me just say, he changed his diet to a largely plant-based diet, lived 15 more years at a time that medical care wasn't very advanced, and uh, did have a good outcome from that massive heart attack. His cardiologist, chief of medicine at Harvard said, President Eisenhower, a heart attack after age 80 is an act of God. a heart attack before age 80 is a failure of the medical system to identify the problem and solve it early. That was 1955, we've done very little. I live by this little credo, test not guess. There's ways, they're described in my first book, Your Whole Heart Solution, But if you just Google me about preventing heart attacks, having a heart CT scan with a little blood work and a hundred-dollar CT scan, anybody for a small amount of money can be exquisitely accurate if they're walking around with silent heart disease. And are they really sitting on a time bomb, or they're really in a very good place? And. It hasn't been adopted like a mammogram and a colonoscopy has been adopted, even though science base is as strong, the cost is not the issue. It's $100, $75 to get the most accurate evaluation of your heart arteries by CAT scan. But test, not guess. Find out. Go Google some articles I've written about calcium scoring, calcium CT scans, prevention of heart attacks and get yourself checked. Don't guess. This is too common a problem. Uh, Today, I saw a big-shot attorney in Detroit who was at the Mayo Clinic in October. He went to the Mayo Clinic, spent a ton of money. Mom and Dad both had bypass surgery at age 60. He's 60. They told him, you know, your blood pressure, your blood sugar, your cholesterol, your lifestyle, your diet, it's all pretty good. Go back to Detroit. You're in good shape. And he said, I want one of those CT scans I heard about. He didn't know me, but he had the option. Came back like 99th percentile for work, for terrible. He was walking around all kinds of stuff. And today we set a program, and I hope a year from now I'll be able to tell him we've been able to reverse some of it. Uh, He had never heard of Forks overnight or Juicing or barely knows what a vegetable is. There's a lot of work to do. But, you know, and that's just one on my mind example that your listeners, I hope, will be on the forefront of better nutrition, but also earlier detection of uh, this really extremely common problem.
0: And one last question from the community here. Diane wrote in, have you seen any correlation between AFib and diet? All tests indicate heart has no abnormalities. Um,
1: yeah. Atrial fibrillation and irregular heartbeat, the most common kind of sort of serious irregular heartbeat. every cardiologist has seen a 100,000 times, it seems like. Um, the biggest connection with diet is the large proportion of Americans that are overweight. Overweight begets sleep disorders, sleep apnea, snoring, uh, blood pressure elevation, and that can trigger atrial fibrillation, overweight, sleep disorders, high blood pressure, boom, all of a sudden you're in the emergency room with your heart going cuckoo. So. When you eat a plant diet rich in magnesium tends to favor a healthier weight. Healthier weight tends to favor better blood pressure, better sleep, less snoring. You may be in a position to prevent it. It's not so simple, we don't have trials on juicing and plant-based nutrition for atrial fibrillation. But like my grandmother would say, "A quite and to take care of your health with a plant-based healthy whole food diet uh, while you're struggling with atrial fibrillation. There are some people that we just can't easily identify the cause but it's called lone atrial fibrillation but eat your plants and do your juicing anyways
0: he's phenomenal dr joel Kahn, right here on juice crew radio his website again www.drjoelkhan.com we'll have links to the show notes dr Kahn, thank you for the awesome work you're doing the incredible work you're doing we'd love to have you 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 back anytime
1: you're so kind I'm, i'm impressed by you and also impressed by cold press juice thank you
0: Dr. Joel Kahn right here on Juice Guru Radio. I'm Steve Frisak and we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at Juiceguru.com. Until next time, get your juice on.